This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Tom and Bach, coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. You know, we failed, but uh, I thought it was a great effort. I thought that the plan was laid out uh, perfectly. Jake Bakoven. I'm not sure I get my point across um, properly. I'm sure I don't do a good job of explaining what I mean. Tom and Bach starts now. Hour number three, Tom and Bach, Tom Stevens, Jake Bachoven. Marcus Freeman. Sounds like he's going to be the next guy at Notre Dame. I mean, you keep hearing those whispers that he is the guy, current defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Notre Dame ranked 29th in total defense this year, 11th in scoring defense. He's only been there one year. Uh, He's 35. It feels like a big gig, and I'm not saying he's not a head coach. It just feels like that's Notre Dame taking a big leap from Brian Kelly who's a borderline Hall of Famer, to Marcus Freeman. He would be a first-time head coach, so that that's kind of interesting. And it looks like the writing's on the wall there because the, yeah. their offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, held yeah. a meeting that said he's coming back. He can't say uh, that without right, right. knowing what the plans are right. in the future. So it looks like Marcus Freeman. It's just an interesting case because they, they brought Marcus Freeman in for one year. He was kind of the hottest defensive coordinator in the open market. They got him, uh, and now Kelly's gone. So, you know, what do you do there? Do you try to convince him to stay as a defensive yeah. coordinator for a next guy? Or, you know, his, his career is, is the trajectory is to finally, you know, eventually take yeah. a head coaching job. Maybe Notre Dame is a big step for that first one, um, but he's one of the. I mean, he's a guy that that's going to be getting one soon. So, uh, and he's already in place. He kind of can keep the team together that way. Uh, you know, it's a good team. You know, obviously, just one loss this season. I like the move. I, th- I yeah. think it's a, a solid hire um, and, and a guy that was going to get an opportunity eventually. Like you said, maybe a little bit overstepping with Notre Dame as his first job, but um, uh, but uh, but a rising name in the industry. And and um, the milkman saying maybe they keep him because they you know they have a chance of the playoff this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, that too. I mean, you, that is, there is something to that because uh, Brian Kelly's not coaching this team anymore, and it's very awkward. This has never happened in the history of college football, right? Where somebody's in the the playoff and they've gone to, already to somewhere no. else. I don't think that I mean, obviously the playoff is fairly new. Uh, but I don't know that any team has played for a national title and their coach has already gone somewhere else. Announced that he's so. going somewhere else. Uh, I mean, not that that's going to happen, but it could happen uh, that Notre Dame, after this weekend of craziness, if we get some mayhem, um, they could be in the playoff. And maybe this is uh, just like a precaution. Like, uh, if we get there, we want to have a head coach, and let's just name him now. Um, it's a little awkward, uh, to say the least, in my mind. Uh, some other things. You see that... Uh, Nebraska versus Iowa was the highest rated football, uh, actually the highest rated football game in uh, BTN history. Yeah, that's a big get, big good that, job for everybody that's involved. A, that's a really pretty big. It kind of shows you. I mean, the reason Nebraska was brought into the Big Ten was the brand name. 
It's still pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's pretty good considering they're terrible. <laughs> I, that, well, it was just, it's weird because the ticket sales were up, you know, as far as the secondary market. And, and we figured that was Iowa. Uh, and like, and we talked about before, but no, that, the, the stadium wasn't overrun with Iowa fans. There's a lot of Nebraska fans um, there. Um, it, 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 they seem to <laughs> seem to be jolted by the, the idea uh, that Scott Frost was going to stick around. Yeah. The fan base as a whole. Uh, Nebraska drew 1.94 million viewers in that game. Again, the most watched game in BTN history. Even the uh, postgame show drew uh, 500 and or 659,000 viewers, which is the record for studio programming. Yeah, that's for the Big good. Ten. So, and Nebraska watches. Nebraska fans are everywhere throughout this country, <laughs> and uh, maybe other fan bases are still watching Nebraska as well. And you know, I thought it was odd though too because that's. I thought it was odd that BTN's been getting that game basically, um, because the the other networks get to choose their, right. their how many games they have in, in the front. And I always think that's, Nebraska, that's a good game. Nebraska, Iowa, especially yeah. yeah, post Thanksgiving, people kind of have that etched in their memory that they're they're going to watch that that you know Nebraska on Black Friday. Um, so it's I, I always thought it was kind of weird that they even got that game, yeah. and and we'll see how that changes in the future. I'd have to think those type of numbers would get the attention of the the other networks, but at the same time. You're gambling as a network going into next year if you're going to pick that game because uh, by then, you know, the writing might be on the wall for, for Frost. So, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I think it just shows me Nebraska uh, continues to do well despite the fact. I mean, I, I, I go back to that game. Um, I didn't think there was going to be a lot of energy for the Nebraska-Iowa game. And you, you like I. I uh, thought a lot of those tickets that were being bought, and you you mentioned it, it was like one hundred and fifty one dollars yeah. for tickets uh, for a team that is three you know three and eight at that time going to be three and nine. Uh, Nebraska fans still love their team and they watch it at a really high level. And we we all said you know eventually you got to win, and that is the case. I think eventually they've got to win. It's amazing to me that there's this much interest for a bad football team. It's it it amazes me. <laughs> um, and I think it's good. I I think maybe uh, I would. I thought I would see people just like uh, wanting to do other things. And there is a segment of the fan base that has done that. Uh, but overall, it's been pretty good. Well, and that's why I always go back to that's still Nebraska's biggest strength, and and they legitimately have an argument for being the best fan yeah. base in the nation, especially having to go through yeah. what they have over the last twenty yeah. years, last yeah. five years, last year. Yeah. Um, it's it's all been tough, but it 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 is promising, and it, and it should it should be continued yeah. to be used um, by the athletic department to say this is the best fan. These are the best yeah. fans in the country. There's no way any other school in the country right sells out that game. Not at all no three and eight team across the country draws it really any hardly any interest we went to camp randall the week before and wisconsin fans had checked out yeah and they were probably gonna they were on pace to win the big 10 west obviously they ended up doing it against minnesota but yeah um it's it's just amazing, and, and it, it it makes you proud as a, as a Husker fan. And you can go to the the well of oh, there's nothing better to do in Nebraska. I I, I think that well over time is 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 less and less. Um, so obviously there's not a beach, um, but with cell phones and, and I mean you can do just about anything from anywhere now. Um, and you know Lincoln Omaha's been better as um, far as getting concerts and stuff like that. So I I think that that even is is less the right. case these days. I think we learned a little bit about this fan base this year. 
uh, the best worst team in college football history. Of course, the best three and nine team in the history of college football. And fans are still, they still care. Our, our text line shows that people still care, uh, that they really want to know about these uh, new coaches that Scott Frost is going to hire and what the offense is going to look like and if Mickey Joseph is going to come. By the way, uh, currently out recruiting for LSU um, and new coach Brian Kelly, which is a little bit awkward. Uh, you don't know who he's going to keep on that staff. It may be Mickey. It- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. May not be Mickey. Um, I'm sure he's already had some conversation. Uh, but if the choice is I get to stay at LSU and be the wide receiver coach and the recruiting coordinator, recruiting coordinator he's going to do that. That's he's, a better he's, gig right now, yeah. Well, he's from Louisiana. Um, and uh, he's coaching for LSU, and they won a national title in 2019. If that's the case, that was the one lock I thought for Nebraska. At least, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, it felt like it was drifting in that direction that Mickey Joseph was coming to Nebraska. Now I'm not. I'm not so sure anymore. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's like you said. It seemed like everything was leading toward that direction. Now it's it's not. Um, it is interesting though because LSU has named a few coaches that they are retaining. Uh, and he he wasn't on the list, so um, it you know I don't I don't know if that's just a process or maybe you know Mickey's kind of thinking you know trying to figure out things himself. Um, and, and and again, these off seasons sometimes you know th- this these things last a long time. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you know who knows what kind of movement happens in the off season. Yeah. And, and you know we've seen especially with secondary coaches here, um, but you know coaches in general, you could take a job um, in February, you know, and, yeah. and then you have to you'll be out there looking for a new guy. So yeah. I mean, th- th- there is that whole discussion who's going to want to come to uh, a coaching staff where you you got one year and the pressure's on. Coaching staffs fa- face that every year. And coaches know that it's a, somewhat of a vagabond business that you move up and down the college ranks. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a problem getting not just four coaches, but four quality coaches at Nebraska. Whether they have Nebraska ties or not, whether it's a Ron Brown or not, whether it's a, a Mickey Joseph or not, I'm very confident that they can get a good staff. I'm not as confident that they can, you know, turn the culture around. I I, I just don't know. Um, Do you think it's a culture thing, or <laughs> is, uh, that, is lose, that the biggest problem? I, th- I think the losing, losing culture. I think losing is a culture. Yeah. I think winning is a culture. Knowing, I mean, that's the number one problem with Nebraska football is they don't know how to win. I think you're seeing a little. You know, you've seen signs certainly the first two years of Fred Hoiberg and last night. Oh, yeah. That this they don't know how to win, um, and you need guys on your team that know how to win, uh, and maybe that's why you go to the portal. You, you get, grab guys that uh, from other winning programs, although they don't always leave winning programs uh, to go to losing programs. Uh, so, I mean, that's the challenge. You need winners. You need guys that you know, know, knew how to win at high school, knew how to win at the junior college level. And most guys do. Most of the the players that you recruit come from winning programs or really good programs. Um, But there's a disconnect for some reason. Uh, Nebraska just 
it's obvious that they at all the wrong times they do the wrong things, uh, and it's like clockwork. I mean, we know the movie. Oh yeah, we, it's it's it happens every single time you watch because you don't know. It's a little different every single time, um, and I don't know how you just say, "Well, we're going to recruit more winners, and and then we'll be winners." Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's it's just a coach that's able to to get that mindset changed, and uh, that's why I guess you you know make those changes and i'm not sure that there won't be any changes on the defensive side as well i i the more i think about it the more i think that could happen as well yeah and that could either happen from guys getting interest elsewhere or just kind of a shake-up that you want to make to maybe specifically always go through the linebacker coaches we have two linebacker coaches maybe you could free something up there move one of those guys but um uh yeah i mean i i think that there's certainly something to that winning culture um and and you know, in in getting across that that final barrier. But the other thing is, you need you need the players, and we've said it for years. Yeah. You need the dudes, and this was kind. And it's unfortunately that this was kind of the year that you had a few of those: Austin yeah. Allen, Cam Taylor, yeah. Britt, JoJo Doman. Fine, you know, this was one of the better the banner years, I would say, in the last five six since I've like said since two thousand fourteen when Nebraska had two all first teamers yeah. in Randy Gregory and Kenny Bell. Um, Nebraska hadn't had that. Since then, uh, from a position player, from someone that's not a specialist, a kicker or a punter, uh, and they finally got that in Austin Allen. And, and you know, it's just not just one tight end. You need more than that. But yeah. again, the JoJo Domans, the Cam Taylor Britts, if 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 uh, Deontay Williams had stayed healthy, maybe even Damian Daniels had stayed healthy. But all that stuff boils down to finally getting across the line and getting a, a win too. Because when those all conference selections are made, yeah. you know, it's especially from the coaches when the coaches are making yeah. their picks. You start to you get that that little um, <laughs> that thing in your heart that um, just gets frustrated about the guys that beat you, you know. And you can um, you know you, it's, you can write down a name and say, well, that guy played um, well against us um, and we won. And, and but the guy that beat um, you that frustrates you a little bit more. You mentioned the all conference selections. We talked about it yesterday. That Austin Allen was named the Big Ten Tight End of the Year uh, in one category. Beat out uh, Jake Ferguson in that category didn't win in both uh, the coaches and the media poll, but um, he's the first, he was a first team selection. Uh, the first Husker to be named uh, all big 10 first team offense or defense uh, since Kenny Bell and Randy Gregory uh, in 2014. Uh, Matt Herrian was the last Nebraska tight end to be named uh, first team, all big 10 in 2003. All conference. That was all big con- 12 all, back then. All conference. Uh, but, I was just thinking about this. If if I would have told you this, you didn't know how Nebraska did this year, right? You had no yeah. idea, and you saw, oh, Matt Harry, uh, Austin Allen is all league, first team, all tight end, um, first time since Kenny Bell. Samari Toure named uh, honorable mention. Uh, that worked out. Adrian Martinez, honorable mention. Um, if you look at some of these categories, and you know some other players that made it, JoJo was on the list. Uh, you would have probably thought Nebraska had at least a seven and five record. Yeah, you would think so, and that's that's the problem. I mean, this is a seven and five type of team. They should yeah. have had a seven and five type yeah. of record. Yeah. They just couldn't get any of the wins there. And, and but everybody recognized it. It, 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 it you know. It, Sometimes you get in your own little world, yeah. and we, we did. We kind of started thinking, well, this is the best, worst team yeah. ever. And then, like, the nation agrees with you, and the stats agree with yeah. you, and you're just like, okay, this is the best, worst team ever. And that's why yeah. I think there is a lot of fear from the from the crowd that said, you know, maybe this should have been it because this was the team. This was kind of the collection yeah. of all those pieces, you know, coming together for their senior season or final season at Nebraska. Mm. 
And it was a team that could win seven and eight in a, a mm-hmm. team that you could build off of from there, at least, you know, say that this is this is what can be done at Nebraska. And it just never translated to W's. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Um, best worst team ever. Uh, and statistically, it statistically, it absolutely is. It's not even close. And here, here's a good one off the text line that we had from earlier. Who would have thought that one of Nebraska's best athletes ever, a former national champion and offensive genius, would team up with a new all-time yard leader for the worst four-year record in Nebraska history? <laughs> Just doesn't even mission, sound right. Mission accomplished. Right. They did it. Uh, let's get to break. Come back with uh, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. We'll talk about uh, some of these things. He covers Nebraska football for The Athletic. Does Mitch Sherman? We'll talk to him coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. This is Tom and Bob. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.